Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the windup. I am Stefan Rosner, and alongside me today is no one, as my partner Brendan is enjoying a wonderful vacation with the family. Today I will be discussing some Yankee and Met baseball. We also have two guests joining the show as Kyle Evans of Bronx Bomber News will answer some Yankee questions, and Christian Arnold of WABC Radio will do the same for the Mets. The phone lines will be open following these calls, and the call number is 760-283-0846. Let's get off some Yankee talk. I always have a fun fact. This is a fun fact of the day. Uh, a few days ago, the stat came out. The Rays had won 14 of 15, and they only picked up one game on the New York Yankees. That is wild. That is baseball. Let's start kicking with the Yankees. 81 and 42 in the year. Last night was a very bad night for the pitching. Offense was a little quiet, but the pitching was god-awful. They lose 19 to 5 to the Indians in game one of a four-game set. And Chad Green, who usually has been excellent in the opening position, was not close to that at all. He had nothing. He gives up a grand slam in the first to Jose Ramirez, who went deep twice in this game. Following Chad Green, Loisica comes in. Jonathan Loisica hasn't pinched since May. He's been on the IL. He comes in, gives up four and two and two-thirds innings pitched. Coming in to save the day, or trying to, was Chance Adams, you know, a highly respected prospect. He comes in and gives up five over three and two-thirds innings and gives up ten hits. And to finish off the game for the last two innings, Mike Ford comes in to pitch the eighth and the ninth. Ninth inning was great. He had a one-two-three inning and recorded his first career strikeout. But he gave up two home runs and was caught smiling back. People didn't like that he was smiling because his balls were getting absolutely launched on him. Maybe it was a nervous laughter. Who knows? But that was not the main storyline. The main storyline of this game was that Aaron Judge went 0 for 5 with 4Ks. He has been lost at the plate uh, and also hurt his wrist for a ball he in the game. Boone said that he's not hurt. They've asked numerous times. And I think that Aaron Judge at the plate, I don't know if he's scared to swing the ball and pull it to left field because of the oblique. I don't know if he's just in a slump. Who knows? But right now, in the grand scheme of things, this loss means absolutely nothing. Who cares? They, Like I said, they're 81-42. and 42. They had a nine-and-a-half game lead in the division. This game means nothing. Look who... Aaron Boone threw out there. If this game actually mattered, and after Chad Green blew up for the first time in a very long time, if it mattered, Boone went to Britain early, Adovino early. You know, people in the bullpen he actually trusts to get out. He goes to Loisico, who hasn't pitched since May 4th. 
goes to Chance Adams, who's done nothing at the major league level. And then he sends Mike Ford in for, you know, shits and giggles. So, Yankee fans, relax. It's really okay. No one needs to worry. So, joining us now um, is Kyle Evans of Bronx Bombers News. Kyle, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So, I just talked about how, you know, Judge has been struggling. But I have a, f- a few questions to ask you. I know you're probably really busy. But um, let's just get it started off. So, you've been covering the Yankees for quite some time. And besides yesterday's loss, in the grand scheme of things for this season, what about this team is different than past teams? Uh, I think it's just the type of energy they bring every night and the way they never back down no matter the score. They're always competing. They're never out of games, obviously, with the, the way their offense is. And, for example, Mike Talkman, you know, he's always getting fired up when he gets a base hit or uh, when Cameron Maven is giving guys hugs when they get back to the dugout. It's really, like I said, just the energy. What what I've seen this year was different than last, especially since I was at the game on Tuesday. And I, I know it's a bad Orioles team, and I'll get to that later in the show. But this team gets base hits after base hits. This is the first time in a long time I have not seen this team solely rely on the home run ball. And the crazy thing is they're getting all these base hits, but they're also crushing home runs too at a you know a huge mark. But again, the base hits is what separates the good teams from the great teams. And we saw the Red Sox last year. They hit a ton of home runs, but they played small ball and got base hits when they needed to. And this Yankee team seems to be doing the same. Yeah, especially from guys like Gio Urshela. And DJ LeMay, you know, they have just single after single or, you know, sometimes they even display the long ball here and there. It's just, it's been huge for this team. Yeah, I mean, with LeMay, he gets multi, I feel like he gets multi-hits every game. But I'll ask you a different question. This one is a lot of Yankee fans have been wondering. Aaron Judge is in an awful slump. He can't seem to do much of the play. And do you think that he is, in fact, still hurt? I mean, when he got hurt with the oblique injury, Carlos Bellatron came out and said that, an injury like this, you'll feel it for the rest of the season. It takes months and months to get comfortable. Or do you just think he's having a rough stretch at the plate? It happens to everybody. Honestly, it's kind of tough to tell. Um, sometimes I don't think he's injured, and sometimes I do because, you know, his previous two years, he used the whole field. It seems like a lot of times now he's just trying to hit the ball the right field. So I'm wondering if that if it is bothering him. That's why he's not hitting it to left field. Even on the inside pitches, he's still trying to take them to right field, which is sometimes very concerning. And I don't know. I mean, Brian Cashman has said that they've been asking him if he's hurt, and he continuously says no. But obviously he could just be saying that because he doesn't want to miss time. Yeah, and if we look back the last few years, he hasn't played a full season. He had a great rookie campaign. But he's hurt every year. And I listened to the, the fan on the radio today, and they were saying, is Aaron Judge for his career just going to be a really good player or is he going to be a great player? Or is this what we have to expect from Aaron Judge now, now that the league knows what he's about, what he swings at? I've, I've seen him take a ton of pitches that right down the middle, change up, curveballs, pitches that usually Aaron Judge sends out of here. And he's striking out a lot looking, swinging. And I mean, yes, it's frustrating when you get the low called strikes on him, which he seems to get every game. But it comes to a point where you have to take responsibility. And if you know that they're going to call that, you, you got to swing. I'd rather you strike out swinging than strike out looking. But do you think that – you think it's just a mental game right now with him? Like he just seems so lost. Do you think that 
you know, he just needs to take a breathe. Maybe he needs a few days rest. I don't know what Boone wants to do. I Boone said he's not going to move him down in the lineup. But what do you think he has yes. to do to get back into the swing of things? Yeah, something's definitely up. I mean, like you said, a lot of times he's not even swinging at pitches. And then when he does, you know, he's following him straight back or, you know, following him off weight. And it's just, I don't know, he really is a loss at the plate. And I know he's been early working on it with hitting coaches and, you know, um, even off the pitching machine yesterday. So it's not like he's not trying to, you know, fix things or break out of the slump. I guess maybe a few days off would help. And he could just keep working and taking BP out early before all the games. But I don't know. Eventually, I feel like he has to snap out of it. Even if he's injured, you know, he's still he's still got to just figure it out and tell yeah, um, uh, Aaron Boone. Yeah, I mean, if he's not going to tell Aaron Boone, we saw with Herman. Herman was hurt, didn't say anything, struggled mightily until it got fixed. And then once he got fixed... Herman's been brilliant. Again, we'll get to that as well later. But um, after the game, they said that Aaron Judge said it sucks right now, but he'll figure it out. Good players will figure it out. Weaker players won't. And again, we know Aaron Judge is a superstar, so we hope he'll figure it out. But on to better news. Gary Sanchez, who's really struggled this year, but comes back from his second stint in the IL. He goes three for three. On Wednesday, he looks that he's like getting back into the swing of things. He had a home run last night. He seemed locked in. And how important is his bat in the lineup? And do you think that there is more pressure after seeing how, you know, Romine and Higashioka played in his absence that he has to play well or he might lose his shot? I mean, we know Gary Sanchez, whether he's a batting well or not, he's still protection in that lineup. Again, that lineup, one to nine, very deep. But how important is Gary Sanchez? Yeah, uh, his bat's obviously very huge in this lineup. I mean, it makes it even more dangerous. Uh one thing I've noticed, and as Aaron Boone has always said, is when he controls the strike zone, he can be even a really better hitter. Um, as you've seen the last few games, he hasn't been facing those pitches down and away. He's been taking pitches, working the counts, seeing a lot more pitches, and he just seems to have really been uh, locked in lately at the plate, like you said. And I think if he just continues to lay off those outside pitches – he can be a really good hitter, and I think his average will boost up quite a bit. Even in the beginning of the year, you saw he was hitting 270 before that big slump. So, I mean, really, like I said, just stop chasing pitches, and I think he'll even be more successful and even just get the extra base hits rather than the home runs. Yeah, I was listening to um, the broadcast last night, and they were talking about how Gary Sanchez has been really focused on just hitting it up the middle, his plans to hit it up the middle. Well, we saw what happens when he gets a ball right down the middle and crushes it to center field, a moonshot into Monument Park. But maybe it's that simple, and maybe someone like Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge could see what Gary Sanchez is doing and learn from it. I mean, they're both young players. They both came up roughly the same time. They're both still proving themselves. They both had great, again, great seasons in their short stints in the MLB, but maybe he'll turn it around. So now let's go to the pitching. Yeah. Yesterday was just was just not good. And Chad Green, who's been – nearly perfect at opening games, had a really rough outing. And um, we talked about, me and you have talked about, it's been talked about a lot, what the Yankees are going to plan to do come playoff time. Do they go with the opener? Obviously, after last night, people think that's an awful idea. But again, that's a small sample size, and he's been great all year. Do you personally think that an opener is something the Yankees should use and will use come playoff time? And do you think it'll be Chad Green? Uh, Yeah, personally, I think, they should go with the opener. Um, 
I'm, I don't know if they should necessarily use Chad Green. As you said, he did have that rough night last night. But overall, the opener has been successful. Um, I thought about it a lot recently, and I thought maybe what if they started even Jonathan Loisica and then went Severino for, you know, two to four innings after that. And then obviously, you know, the back end of the bullpen, bring those guys in later in the game. I think with as strong as the bullpen is, I think it would actually be a smart idea. I mean, a lot of fans obviously have said, including myself, you don't want to see Jay Happ starting a postseason game. And if you no, don't use a game for the bullpen, then you're likely going to see a Happ or, you know, a Paxton. But the good thing about the postseason is, is there are off days in between too. So for travel. So if you were to use a day where you go with the bullpen, you know, the next day could be a travel day where you can get your guys rest. So I think it would actually help this team considering the way the rotation has been this, this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm hesitant to go to Loisga. I think last year him and Herman came up and they started games, and Loisga looked sharp in his first game. Domingo Martin did not. But then over the last year or so, Loisga's really struggled, and coming back from injury in his first, you know, his first outing didn't go too well. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to go with the opener, it's unless Chad Green in his next opening start does awful and then he continues to do poorly. But if he comes back, his next opening start lights out, start after that lights out. He's got it. He's got to be the guy and the Yankees should rely on him to start. I don't, I think it's foolish not to use an opener. And yes, Jay Happ is a veteran. Could he get it done in the postseason? Yeah, I guess he can, but I don't know if you want to take that chance in a big matchup in a big game. Um, yeah, I just said Loisica because I feel like he's got better stuff than Chad Green. Chad Green really only has two pitches. And teams should know by the postseason that he's going to throw a ton of fastballs. All you have to do is hunt the fastball. Where Loisica, I mean, as much as he sometimes struggles, he's got some really good stuff. And that's what the Yankees really like about him, especially his curveball. You saw that last night, even though he gave up that home run. He has really good stuff. Yeah, and again, he's a young guy too. He's got to figure it out at the MLB level. Lastly, I know winning 100-plus games doesn't mean much if you're already going to win the division. Like we said, the Yankees have a nine-and-a-half game lead on the division. If they win 105, if they win 110, if they win 100, they're going to win the division and they'll have home field advantage most likely. But do you think they're on pace to win 107 games? Do you think they win over 105 games this year? Uh, Yeah, before the season, I said – I said the Yankees were going to win the division and won 103 games. Obviously, I thought it would be a lot closer, even though it's not over yet, but I thought the Red Sox would certainly be a lot closer considering they didn't have many changes to their team. And so I had the Yankees at 103 and Boston at 100. But now if I had to say, I think the Yankees can get to 107 wins. Um, They do have a tough stretch coming up, obviously, the rest of this weekend. And then they hit the West Coast next week. And I'm really excited for the series with the Dodgers. Yeah, that that should be a ton of fun. Yes, that should be a a ton of fun. Well, thank you, Kyle, for joining us. Um, Yankee fans, go follow Bronx Bomber News on Twitter at NewsBronx, as well as on the Instagram, Bronx underscore Bombers.News. Lastly, before you go, Tanaka pitches tonight. Do you think he throws a gem like he threw last week? Or do you think, you know, he's going to have a little rough one tonight? Uh, I'd say he's going to go seven innings and – allow two runs tonight, and the Yankees will win 6-2. Well, they better. Thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you for having me on.
All right, that was Kyle Evans of Bronx Bombers News. So before he called, we were about to dive into the Baltimore Orioles series. And the Yankees have absolutely dominated the Orioles, the bottom feeders of the ALEs. They are 17-2 on the year versus team. And those two losses came in the first two games of the season as the Yankees opened up the season against the Orioles at Yankee Stadium. So they've won 15 straight games. And we're saying that the Yankees, you know, they beat bad teams. That's all they do really well. I'm going to give credit to a fellow Twitterer at nconstanzo24. This is a stat. So he says that the Yankees are only good because they beat the Orioles so much. That's in quotes. He's making fun of people. 2018 Red Sox. 16 and 3 versus the Orioles. They were 41 and 33, which is a 554 winning percentage versus teams over 500. We all know what happened to the Red Sox. They won the World Series. The 2019 Yankees were 17 and 2 versus the Orioles, 37 and 22, which is a 627 winning percentage versus teams over 500. So I know everybody loves to hate the Yankees. It, well, that's what happens to teams that win, that dominate. But nobody talked about it last year when the Red Sox won the World Series about how much they dominated bad teams. Good teams beat bad teams. The Yankees last year did not win the division. One, because the Red Sox had an unbelievable season. Because the Red Sox beat up on bad teams, the Yankees struggled last year against the Orioles and the Blue Jays, and that cost them the division. So let's dive into this Orioles series. Glaber Torres was the show. He stole the show. 13 homers versus the Orioles this year. Brandon Hyde, the uh, manager for the Orioles, said his team was making him look like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, and Hyde, yes, yes, they were. He set a divisional error record with most home runs against one team in a season. Just walk in, don't pitch to him, and he's flipping out pretty much on live broadcast every time Torres hit a home run. Orioles, listen to your broadcaster. Stop pitching to him. There is zero reason that Torres should have that many home runs after what he's done to you the majority of the season. Just walk him. Your season's over anyway. Put a guy on base. It made no sense. But Gleyber Torres, he loves playing against the Orioles, and it's sad that it's come to an end. But we saw last night he went deep, so that means he could hit home runs, not just against the Orioles, which is a great sign. On Tuesday, Domingo Herman picked up his lead-leading 16th win of the season. That is four straight games for Herman with three in runs or less. And he finally, finally got his ERA under four. It's at 3.96. And Herman been in the conversation for AL Cy Young. And the problem with this is everyone's saying his ERA is too high. Well, if he keeps having starts like this where he's going up three runs or less, his ERA is at 3.96, it should go down. And if he can end the season with 20-plus wins with an ERA mid-threes, low threes, I think he's got to be in the conversation. He's been absolutely brilliant. And he, this team's going to rely on him. Is he the ace of the team? No, I still think Tanaka is, regardless of how shaky he's been all year. But Herman has definitely picked up the slack and have really been a great surprise among numerous surprises this year. Gary Sanchez, like we talked about with Kyle, he's been locked in at the plate. He homed last night. He homed in his first game back with the Blue Jays. He launched the Orioles. He launched 10 against the Orioles this year on Wednesday, and it was a bomb to dead center field. 
he's very patient in the box, like Kyle also said. And you can see that he's getting his timing back. Sanchez was very weak when he wasn't patient. He was swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. I mean, he struck out in his first at-bat back on an awful high pitch. But he's focused. And you see what Gary Sanchez could do. He is probably one of the most powerful hitters at the catcher position and in the league. He still ranks top in the league in RBIs for catchers. So this team desperately needs Gary Sanchez to be Gary Sanchez. Coming up clutch, playing good defense. Again, if he's healthy, these things should come. We know what he's capable of. And if he's locked in right now, especially with Judge not being locked in, that's a really, really good thing. Tonight's matchup. For uh, the Cleveland Indians, it's Aaron Caval, 1-1, one one, one ERA. In 18 innings pitched, he has 18 Ks. So the Yankees have to be patient. I'm not worried about that. I guarantee if LeMay is leading off tonight, probably a base hit up the middle, maybe even a home run. And he goes against Masahiro Tanaka, who's 8-6 with a 4.64 ERA. Yes, that ERA is not where you want it to be, but he's looked good. His last start, he went eight innings against Toronto giving up zero runs. That's three wins in a row for Tanaka, and that is something great to see because, again, he's been up and down all year. He's tried to find a splitter. Some days it's good. Some days it's atrocious. It's been better. He's changed his grip a little bit, and, you know, I was talking to other people about this, that it's like a hitter changing his swing. If they had told Aaron Judge because of the oblique injury to change his swing, he'd struggle. And if that is what they told him and he hasn't been doing it, this is why his numbers are down. Same thing with a pitcher. To find a pitch that you've been throwing the split the same way for a very, very long time, it's really hard. So if that's the case, he's figuring it out right now, and he needs to be this guy. Domingo Roman is very young, very young, and he's going to make mistakes. Tanaka's a veteran, and in the playoffs, we've seen what Tanaka can do. He really turns it on, and he has to carry this rotation. He's got to do it at a consistent basis. So... Now I'll go over to the Mets before we get our caller, Christian Arnold. So the Mets are 62 and 59 in the year, and they're two games back of the second wild card spot. They are 3-3 three and three in their last six games. And they took two out of three from the Nationals, which was an excellent series regardless of the last game. It showed the willpower of the New York Mets. But let's first talk about the Braves series. They lose a series. Um, they only take one win out of three. Um, and Mets fans, you're not going to win them all. The Braves are a very good baseball club, which is why they're at the top of the division, and they're a better team than the Mets. They just are. Pitching, hitting, they're a better team. But the Mets yesterday, 23 hits, 10 runs. Alonzo hits his 39th home run. He's a monster. Polar Bear, amazing. Stroman was five and a seven runs. This game was 9-2 after five innings. Yes, they won. So let's be thankful about that. But Mickey Calloway made a mistake. And his mistake was he left Drew Gagnon in way too long. He goes uh, one and two-thirds innings, five earned runs, five hits, and gives up four home runs. Yes, you want to save the bullpen. Bullpen that's been great since the All-Star break. That wasn't the way to go to get a guy like that, get him left out to dry after the first, second home run. He's got to be out of there, but he doesn't leave, and Atlanta rallies, and in the bottom of the ninth, you have to call on Edwin Diaz, your lord and savior, Edwin Diaz, to close the game out, and he does walk the first guy because, you know, Diaz has to make it interesting, 
but he gets the save. He closes the game out. So, good for you, Edwin Diaz. But this game is a lot closer than it should have been. We can talk briefly about the National Series, even though it's in the past. Game one, Todd Frazier hits a two-run shot while the team's down, ties the game. And in the bottom of the ninth, uh, Michael Conforto walks off to score at Lagares for the 7-6 win. That was a great thing to see. And in game two, uh, they take the lead in the bottom of the eighth on a J.D. Davis sack fly as um, Joe Panic scores, who was recently acquired. Seth Lugo, two innings, one run. Callaway was hesitant to go to Diaz in big moments. Don't blame him. And then in the final game, they lose 7-4. to four. DeGrom goes five innings, gives up zero runs. And this is when the bullpen, who Gazelman has been iffy all year, but he comes and he goes uh, one-third of an inning, um, charged with two run runs. Justin Wilson gave up a double to former Mets Drupal Cabrera. And probably the biggest news is that Jeff McNeil, hamstring injury in the ninth inning of game one, lost to the Braves, you know, a few days later. And MRI revealed that a mild hamstring strain and then he'll be out approximately 10 days. So Ligares, Juan Ligares will get more playing time, and he has struggled to get his batting average above the Mendoza line. But guess what? He was able to do so as he went 4-4 four for four on Monday. So that's great to see. Someone who hasn't hit at all, which has cost him playing time, and something we haven't seen from him in a long time is actually producing at the plate. But he goes 4-4. Four for four. Ruben Tejada, yes, the Mets still have Ruben Tejada. Um, was called up to help fill the hole that McNeil leaves. But this injury hurts. Cano went down. You've lost second baseman. McNeil goes down, who's been, if not your best player with um, – now, he's been he's been your best player. So that's something that will be missed. But hopefully it's mild. He comes back in 10 days, and he's back to being that guy. Um, yeah, that guy that he could possibly be. Um, tonight's matchup is Noah Syndergaard. Eight and five, 3.89 ERA versus Mike Montgomery, and Mike Montgomery is two and five with a 5.19. So, I just got notification that Christian Arnold will not be joining us today. He had something come up, um, so we could talk about a few more things. But then I will open up the phone lines. So there's some questions we can ask ourselves this year. Um, uh, you think first is this the Yankees year? Can they finally win? They haven't made it back to the World Series um, in nine years. So it, it's it's time. It's time for that to happen. And I mean, I wish Christian Arnold was on the show because he had a lot to talk about with regarding the Mets. He was at the game in the national series. And he said it was just electric, but do the Mets have enough willpower to make it to the playoffs? And both sluggers on their respective teams are struggling. So can they turn it around? I mean, we have a lot of baseball left. There's definitely a lot of things that can be done, but so now open up, open up the phone line. If you want to call in seven, six, zero, two, eight, three, Oh, eight, four, six. We're going to do a standings update while we wait for phone calls. Um, Christian Arnold might be joining us now. I'm waiting to see, so sorry about that. So let's see what happens with that. But let's just do a standing update real quick. So 
Like I said, the Yankees have a nine and a half game lead. And oh, Christian Arnold is joining us. Great news. So now we welcome uh, Christian Arnold to the show. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm good. How's it going? It's going great. So we talked to Kyle Evans with the Yankees, but now it's time to talk some Mets. So I just told the viewers that you were at the game for the National Series. So what was that atmosphere like last week at City Field? I mean, you covered the owners well. So that's how it can get really ready. How does that happen? Yeah, no. It was tough to really compare the two because it's such a different kind of feel. National Coliseum is such a smaller building than City Field. Obviously, it's, City Field's a smaller stadium for for baseball, but um, I, I mean the atmosphere was was a lot of fun. It wasn't you know I've done some Yankee games this season too. It wasn't anything like you experienced in the Bronx. It was a lot of fun. It was a really good atmosphere. You had the fans that were really into the game, and I mean of course, um, I mean even though the Yankees, the Mets lost on Sunday, that Saturday night game that Friday too. I mean. Two, two, three really incredible games to, for people to get to watch. And uh, I, I mean, when Mets do well, you see the city come alive and you see a lot of people really enjoy the game. You see people really come out and get into games when they're at City Field. It's kind of like the Islanders, like you kind of used at the comparison that, um, you know, when the Islanders are good and, and their home building is full, those fans make a lot of noise because, quite frankly, they don't have a lot to make, make a lot of noise about a lot of times. Kind of a similar thing with the Mets. Yeah. No, I mean, Definitely watching on TV, sort of like you had to be there a moment, but the crowd was erupting all night. It was great to see, especially for a Mets team where a lot of fans really just hit away this season. And thankfully for them, they have a chance to now show their true passion. So um, with the way the starting rotation has been for the Mets and the major improvements with the bullpen following the All-Star break, do you think the Mets can find a way into this wild card spot? I mean, their bullpen is probably the thing that concerns me the most, just because if you look at – I think the greatest example of this is that Sunday game. Um, you had their starter that could not go long into the game, unlike the, the couple previous nights before that. Um, and that's where the Mets' real issues lie is their bullpen. And that you saw that they don't have guys outside of maybe Seth Lugo who can really go a couple innings and, and keep that team in the game. Uh, Edwin Diaz, obviously, uh, who's supposed to be the big closer for the Mets, he hasn't really panned out. And I mean, again, you not to kind of keep going back on Sunday's game, but, I mean, that was the biggest example where Diaz, um, you know, the Mets were losing already, but they had an opportunity to kind of keep head into the ninth um, with some momentum and an opportunity to, to at least give themselves a chance to come back in the game, and he, he kind of blew it with them. You know, there's two-run home run in the top of the ninth, really kind of threw things out of whack for the Mets, and any momentum that they had maybe going into the bottom of the ninth uh, was gone, and I think that's kind of the issue with the Mets' bullpen you see that they just don't have guys that can go the distance or that can go a couple innings and give them uh, quality pitches that will, if they're winning, hold the lead. You even saw the other night. The Mets kind of made it a little dicey too, um, <laughs> yeah. allowing the Braves to come back the other night. So, I mean, this is just a team that their bullpen is just – it's a big question mark, and I think it really comes down to if this if that's going to be what makes or breaks this Mets team going into a, a wild, potential wild card battle or, or playoff battle down the line. It's going to be can their bullpen hold leads, or can their bullpen at least keep this team that's um, you know really kind of become this gritty dig down fight tooth and nail, uh, you know through all nine innings to give themselves a chance to win. Is it going to give them that chance every night, night in and night out? I mean, the Mets had a pretty miraculous run the you know last week, and um, they kind of lost a little steam with that loss to the Nationals on Sunday and then two losses to the Braves. It was it was rough. They got back a little bit. But, again, you saw that uh, 
that's still uh, a bit of a question mark. Yeah, the Mets, unlike the Yankees, the Yankees have guys that, like, I would say Adovino is probably the best example that he comes into the game, you know what you're getting, he's gonna he's consistent, and the Mets just don't have anyone that Callaway could really call upon where he's going to be lights out. Seth Lugo has been great, but he's been shaky recently, so they just don't have that right. one one guy. But if you go to the uh, injury front, Mets lost Cano, and now they lose Jeff McNeil for a little over a week. How much do you think that this Jeff McNeil injury hurts the Mets right now, or do you think that the next week or so, Joe Panic and Ruben Tejada can hold down the fort? I think that's not the big issue. I mean, I think those are two guys that'll that'll be able to stand the test of a week. Um, you know, the Mets have found ways. I mean, you look at that week again. You look at the weekend series against the Nationals. You had some unlikely heroes step up and in, in clutch situations, big plates uh, in big moments. And um, you know, I think those guys are going to be able to do that, and they'll be able to fill that void. Especially since it's not a terribly long amount of time. Now, if it was a little bit longer, I'd be probably a little bit more concerned um, considering that the Mets need every win they can get and they're right in the mix for the wild card and they're right in the hunt. You don't want to lose any of that precious time, especially we're getting a little, we're in the middle of August now we're getting closer to September. So this is where things start to get a little tight and teams really, those wins and losses really start to come and bite you in the butt. You can't pull them together. So I, I, I don't think it's a big loss. I think it'll hurt a little bit, but I think the Mets will be able to survive it. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not going to be the sole reason they don't make it. And he'll be back in a week, and hopefully he comes exactly. back healthy. But um, So, Pete Alonso seems to be breaking out of his major slump. And do you think that, regardless if it has to do with the home run derby or not, players in the future may think twice about playing in that event, seeing how Judge struggled as well following his home run derby, as well as Alonso. So, I mean, the Mets need him to produce. Do you think that... Alonzo's breaking out of his slump, and do you think that the home run derby is the reason for the slump? So, sorry about the background noise. I'm on a train if you couldn't tell. Oh, um, good. <laughs> but um, I, I don't necessarily know if this is uh, an issue. I think that if you look at certain players, especially younger players, Aaron, Aaron Judge is a good example of that. Um, where he's, he's in a bit of a slump right now. And I apologize, um, but no, look at a guy like Aaron it. Judge. <laughs> if you look at a guy like Aaron Judge, he's in the kind of a middle of a similar slump. He's not hitting the way you expect him to. Um, obviously, the home run derby is such a, a big thing with with a lot of guys, and um, you know I think we've seen in the last couple of years where or players are. Uh, or teams, I should say, are maybe a little more hesitant that they, their guys get in that because they know the strain it puts on their on their player's body. Even if it's just a one-night event, it certainly, I think, has an impact. Um, and I think it kind of uh, – it, it definitely does something. I don't want to say that it, it it really is a detrimental thing for, for anybody to participate in it, but it def- definitely has a little bit of an impact. And I think that um, this is a slump that I think every – good player goes through at some point too in their career. I mean, you're talking about 162 game season and you're not going to have, well, in fact, you're not going to have um, people that are going to be able to do go with the 162 games a year. So I think that you will see this during a regular season and it'll be a chance that, that, that a learning curve and someone will, someone will come out of it. I, I don't think it's a big issue. Well, great conversations as always with Christian Otto. Thank you for your time. Guys, check out his Twitter at C underscore He does Matt Yankee honors.
pretty much whatever you need. So thank you, man. I appreciate the phone call and taking time to talk to me. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. All right. So now we will open up the phone lines. Um, the number is 760-283-0846. That's 760-283-0846. Call about your Yankees and Met questions, and I will try to answer them to my best of my ability. So, like I promised, we'll do a standings update while we wait for some phone calls. So, like I said, the Yankees, they're 81-42. They have a dominating lead on the division. Um, it's nine and a half games. And the Red Sox, 17 games back, they're done. They're done. Um, look at the wild card standings. Cleveland, 73-49. and 49. They have a two-game lead atop the wild card. Tampa Bay is in the second spot, 71-51, 582 winning percentage. And Oakland is at one and a half games out, but they are the closest team to try to get in there. Boston's next with seven and a half, and then it goes ten and a half Texas, eleven and a half Angels. Really downhill from there. So we go to the National League, and the Washington holds the lead in the wild card, one and a half games. Chicago is right behind them, sixty-four fifty-seven, and the NL is where it gets tricky because there are a lot of teams. I'll even give it to Cincinnati, who's six and a half games out. But they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spots away from making it. But then you have San Francisco, three and a half games out. Arizona, three and a half games out. New Mets are two games out. Philly, one game out. And Milwaukee is one game out. So we have a phone call. Welcome. You are on the wind-up. First call of the day. Hey, how's it going, man? How are you? Good. Uh... So the Mets infield, obviously, uh, Rosario stepped up in the second half and shown that he uh, could potentially be the Mets' long-term solution at shortstop. McNeil is obviously the, you know, the second baseman of the future. And then you have Alonzo at first. What do you see the Mets doing at third base as Todd Frazier is probably not going to be on the team next year and they don't really have a good farm system to bring up a third baseman? Yes, well – I'm pretty sure that J.D. Davis can play third, but I think that what the Mets really have to do this offseason is they need to spend money, and they have to go get Anthony Rendon. It's a guy that kills the Mets with the Nationals. I think he would be a perfect fit. Yes, he might cost some money, but the Mets have to spend money because they're never going to take that step forward. But I think Anthony Rendon is a perfect fit for that spot, and that would make that, that infield be great. Yeah, talking about that, though, that's that's a great question because the Mets do have a hole at third. Todd Frazier will not be back with the team. So ha- definitely having Rendon there would be great. But the problem is the Wilpons don't like to spend money, and no one's going to force them to spend money. And if they don't spend money, they, you know, they'll struggle. And that's the most interesting the most past season could have signed out of for the same price that the Yankees did. But they chose to go out and get Lowry, who hasn't played a game. They traded for Diaz. They got traded for Cano. So it's just different mindsets on what the Wilpons thought they needed to get done. Obviously, Lowry not playing at all really hurts. But, yes, Rendon would be my top priority if I was the Mets. And Ahmed Rosario has been good recently at shortstop. He's showing that he's he can play there, and he's not going to be a complete liability. But I think best bet is go get a third baseman. If not, you have J.D. Davis. If not, you could probably sign Todd Frazier. 
Um, for cheap back, I do not think that's the route they're going to take. But, yeah, that's definitely something interesting to talk about. The Mets do have holes. And the question also becomes is, can Robinson Cano, you know, play for the next couple of years? Can he still play second baseman, uh, second base, excuse me. When he was with the Yankees, I always thought he would be a Yankee for life. Didn't turn out that way, but I always thought that his hitting would fail before he's fielding. But he has made a lot of mistakes in the field. And, um, yeah. But, no, great question. Great question. So we'll be on for another, you know, couple of minutes or so. If we get a few more calls, that's great. Um, next week we will be back. Brendan should be back from vacation unless he stays there because, you know, I know how much he me on the show. Um, the next Christian was is regardless of Diaz. Diaz has struggled mightily. And I think when you look back on the season, the Mets miss, let's say the Mets missed a wild game by two games, right? If they do miss by two games, you could look back and say Diaz and the bullpen really, you know, cost them a chance early on in the season to win. But you can't think about that right now. All the Mets bullpen can do is just go out there and perform. And if they don't perform, that's another weakness. We talk about getting Rendon as being a top priority. But, you know, maybe it's the bullpen. We have our next caller. Hello, you are on the fan. Um, the fan. Haha, <laughs> I watch the fan way too much. You're on the wind-up. What it do, baby. Happy to be What's here. My name's Anthony, long-time listener, second-time caller. Hey. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember uh, your phone call. You're a Met fan. How you doing? I'm chilling. So I got to ask you, uh, with Ruben Tejada's return to the lineup for the first time in a Mets uniform since Chase Utley massacred his leg in the 2015 NLDS. So I hate Chase Utley. I'm granted I'm very biased. Would Makes you sense. call that? the dirtiest play you've seen on a baseball field? Oh, what I call it the dirtiest play. And if not, um, what do you think tops it? Okay, I, I call it, yes, I would say the dirtiest slide I've ever seen, but there was an unintentional dirty slide that happened earlier in the year, which I've never seen anything like this. Um, who was it? It was Jake Marisnik slid in against the Angels' Jonathan Lucroy. He slid to the instant mm-hmm. bag and started up with so we had to step up and snap, snap back as hard as I saw um, Luke Christ, and he had to get carted off. It was bad. Marisnik got suspended, but that was unintentional. Marisnik thought the ball was going to the outside of the bag, which it should have, but it didn't make it there. And he went to the inside, resulting in a very bad concussion. But no, I would say the chase at least slide is the dirtiest thing I've ever seen. And I think that I mean, good for Ruben Tejada. That's that's a scary injury and a comeback. I mean, he was a big part of that Mets when they made that run. He was big, and no, he didn't stay with the team. He's bounced around. He's in the minors, whatever it is. But he's worked his way back, and he deserves a ton of credit. Any other questions, Met guy? Nah, I'm chilling. Have a have a great rest of your podcast. I'll be listening. Bye. Think of another Thank one. You. I'll call you back. <laughs> you okay. got it. Thanks. Oh, love callers that call back each time. You know, it's good to hear. Um, yeah, Ruben Tejada. I don't know what Met fans like more, and if you guys want to call in and let me know, Ruben Tejada or Wilmer Flores, which one hits you more in the heart? I mean, when Wilmer Flores thought he left the first time when there was rumors that he was traded, 
he, in fact, wasn't and it brought tears to his eyes. Obviously, Rumutada probably cried when his leg was just obliterated by the Chase Utley slide. But life goes on. So we're going to wrap the podcast up. So this has been a great episode. Two guests. Thank God uh, Chris and Arnold came on the show. We got a Yankee guy, a Met guy. We'll be back next week. We'll talk not just Yankee and Met baseball, but we'll also talk about what's going on around the league. A lot of big stories. Teams making playoff pushes. It's been a great episode. We'll see you guys next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.